needed. I want to begin with a big idea and a question. Here's the big idea. The resurrection of Jesus brings renewal. The resurrection of Jesus, which we celebrate with Christians around the world on this day, is something that brings renewal. Here's the question. Has the resurrection of Jesus renewed you? So the resurrection of Jesus brings renewal. It brings life in magnificent ways. But the question for all of us to ponder and consider is, has the resurrection of Jesus renewed you? In 1892, Oscar Wilde, an Irish poet, wrote a one-act tragedy named Salome. Not to be confused with Stallone, but Salome, who was a person. Who is Salome? Well, according to Jewish historian Josephus, Salome was the daughter of Herodias and the stepdaughter of Herod, a ruling authority in Galilee, who had John the Baptist beheaded. Wilde's production interprets the biblical story found in Matthew chapter 14 that led to the death of John. As part of the play, there are some people talking to Herod, the ruling authority, about the person of Jesus, who also lived during the time of John the Baptist. The discussion turns to the story of a miraculous event where Jesus raised Jairus' daughter back to life. Mark chapter 5 records how Jairus, a leader in the synagogue, came to Jesus and was pleading with him for the life of his daughter, who was very sick and near death. And Jairus knew that maybe Jesus can do something about her condition. And so he comes, he finds Jesus and pleads with him, please, can you help my daughter? However, as Jairus is pleading with Jesus, he receives word that his daughter had passed. It was too late. Jesus went to Jairus' home, though, and he brought Jairus' daughter back to life. It was a true miracle. Well, in this play... That story about Jesus bringing back to life a young girl is presented to Herod, the ruling authority, who asks the question, he raises the dead? This Jesus person, is that what he's doing? The first Nazarene responded and say, said, yea, sire, he raiseth the dead. Herod replied to that and said, I do not wish him to do that. I forbid him to do that. I allow no man to raise the dead. This man must be found and told that I forbid him to raise the dead. Where is this man at the present? And the second Nazarene responded and said, He is in every place, my Lord. This Jesus, he is in every place. 
That's quite an intriguing and mysterious line, don't you think? Jesus, the resurrected one, he is in every place. Perhaps with that line, the individual was saying to Herod, Jesus is decidedly different and there's nobody like him. Maybe he was saying with that line, Herod, even you with all of your power and authority, which is vast and great, even you cannot compare to the sovereignty of Jesus. Or maybe he was simply saying, Jesus cannot be stopped because he is in every place. What Christians believe and what we celebrate on this day is that Jesus did more than just share compelling thoughts as he taught people. Jesus did more than just invite people to follow him into a humble way of life with an others-centered ethic. And Jesus certainly did more than just raise Jairus' daughter back to life. He himself defeated death as the angel announced on that first Easter in Matthew chapter 28. Don't be afraid. That's what the angel said. Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. That's what the angel announced on that first Easter to the mourners who came to the tomb. He's not here. He's not here. He has risen just as he said, come see where his body used to be. Author Jake Meter said, but if he, Jesus, did rise, then that simple revolutionary fact changes everything, not only for individuals, but also for neighborhoods, businesses, cities, nations, and even creation itself. See, the resurrection of Jesus brought renewal. And I would posit that it is still bringing renewal on this day as we sit in this place and consider the claims of Christ. The resurrection of Jesus brings renewal. Resurrection Sunday is just a great time. It's a great day where we see life bursting forth everywhere around us as the world turns from the winter season into the spring season. We see this all around us, don't we? Take a look at my magnolia tree in my yard. It's my favorite tree. I took this picture when I first worked on this talk on Wednesday, March the 22nd. The buds are getting ready to show off a bit, but they're still closed, still hiding, still preparing to dazzle us a bit with their beauty. That was the picture I took on March 22nd. Here's the picture that I took this past Thursday of my magnolia tree. Isn't it beautiful? You'd almost anticipate that there'd be a half man, half goat sitting under the tree playing a flute, right? The tree is renewed, new life, new beauty, new passion. 
kind of like Resurrection Sunday. However, we should never lose perspective as we think about this day and its beauty and its significance. We should never lose perspective that on that first Resurrection Sunday, no one was really looking for Jesus to do what he said. No one was really looking for that. It's not like his close followers were at the tomb saying, okay, Jesus, you said you're going to come back to life. Here we are. We're ready. We can't wait. Let's do this. It's not what happened. On that first Easter, those who loved Jesus and followed him and gave their life to him and imitated him weren't feeling so great. The overall temperature of that group was downcast. That's what scripture tells us. The early followers, they were downcast. Luke's gospel records for us how some of Jesus' followers were actually leaving the city of Jerusalem where Jesus had been killed. They were with him, but they witnessed what had happened and they're just on their way back to their home. The dream is over. Jesus is gone He's dead, and we're not going to follow this anymore. It even says that they had sadness written on their faces. People could see it as they observed these two leaving the city of Jerusalem and walking back to their home. The word sadness that Luke uses comes from a word that means sullen or with a gloomy look or with a gloomy face. And that's these followers. They had been with Jesus. They had committed their lives to him. They loved him. But the dream is over. And now they have gloomy faces. They even knew that some people on that first resurrection Sunday had gone to the tomb and came back and said, you know, the body's not there. Maybe this is true. Maybe Jesus will come back. And he did. And maybe we will be able to find him at some point. They even knew that. But still, the dream is over for them. Their faces are downcast and they're leaving the city. Mark and Luke in their gospels share that the women who came to the tomb early on that first resurrection Sunday came carrying burial spices. There's only one reason why someone in that culture would bring burial spices to a tomb and that would be to care for a dead body, not to see a living one. So even when the reports came back, the tomb is empty, Jesus isn't there, it's not like his followers were saying, yay, Jesus, he is telling the truth after all, we knew it, and he's back, he's back. They weren't thinking that way, and I don't feel you can blame them. We would probably do the same thing, because think about it. Dead people don't come back to life. That's not the way it works. People don't come back from Roman crucifixion either. Adam Hamilton said those who knew and loved Jesus were in shock, traumatized by what they had witnessed. Just in deep trauma over watching the one they loved, their Savior, be disfigured to the point where scripture tells us he wasn't even recognizable as a human. 
N.T. Wright says the cross had a symbolic meaning throughout the Roman world long before it had a new one for Christians. It meant we Romans run this place, and if you get in our way, we'll obliterate you and do it pretty nastily too. Crucifixion of a would-be Messiah meant that he wasn't the Messiah. When Jesus was crucified, every single disciple knew what it meant. We backed the wrong horse. The game is over. But Resurrection Sunday changed everything because the life of Jesus came bursting forth from the tomb. And the early Christians who doubted and who ran and hid for fear of their lives, the early Christians who were walking through so much trauma, the early Christians who were running for fear of what might happen to them, came to believe that Jesus really was the Messiah precisely because of his resurrection. Even those who doubted at first. That's what we observe in John's gospel. With your Bible or with your device, please join me in John chapter 20. And we'll walk through the story of Jesus appearing to some of his followers. John chapter 20, verse 24 says, One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, they told Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not convinced. You say you've seen him, but I don't know. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, and I want to pause there because I think that is an extraordinary statement. Jesus knew Thomas had doubts. Jesus knew that this is the first time that Thomas is seeing him. Jesus knew that Thomas questioned and he wasn't all there yet. And so in this moment with everyone else that was involved in this scene, Jesus looks and talks directly to Thomas. He confronts him in a loving and a compassionate way. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands, look at them. Put your hand into the wound in my side Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. So Thomas, don't take up the posture of being faithless. I'm here. I'm with you. Look at me. Touch me. Behold me. And move from being faithless to belief. Verse 28 says, My Lord and my God... Thomas exclaimed. Thomas was convinced in that moment. And he addressed Jesus as Lord and God. 
and Jesus accepts him. Right? Like we can't overlook that in the text. Jesus knew he had doubts and questions and he wasn't frustrated. He shows himself to Thomas and he accepts him. Imagine this moment for Thomas. We don't even know if he ever touched Jesus. Passage doesn't tell us. What we do know is that Thomas believed. See, Resurrection Sunday is a reminder that hope can be found. Whatever you are experiencing right now and whatever you are walking through in life, Resurrection Sunday is a reminder that hope can be found. It's found in a person. It's found in Christ who invites us just like Thomas Move away from being faithless and believe. Believe. Author Timothy Keller reminds us that if you are looking at Christianity, start by looking at Jesus' life as it is shown to us in the Gospels and especially at the resurrection. Don't begin as modern people do by asking yourself if Christianity fits who you are. So the challenge here is to look at, look up to Jesus. And the reason we can do that is because he is compelling and decidedly different. All because of Resurrection Sunday. He is everywhere. I have two takeaways. Here's number one. If you have believed in the resurrection then celebrate well, because this is a great day. Jesus lives. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And because Jesus came back to life, that changes everything for us. So if you have believed, then celebrate well. And you can smile a little bit, because this is a fantastic day as we think about Jesus doing for us something that we never could have accomplished on our own. And our belief in him assures us of a forever friendship with God the Father. So if you have believed, then celebrate well. This is a great day. It's a great day. Here's the second takeaway. If you have yet to trust in the work of Jesus for you, you're just not sure, or you're still considering, you're still wondering about this, then today could be your day to act like Thomas, who received a great picture of a living Jesus who came to him and said, Thomas, don't be faithless. Take up this posture. Believe in me. I'm here. I'm with you. I am alive. Back to the big idea and the question. The resurrection of Jesus brings renewal in every way. So the question is, has the resurrection of Jesus renewed you? Father, we are so thankful for this day where we celebrate a significant act It's Jesus coming back to life for us, defeating death, 
so that we could trust in him and his work on our behalf. And when we move away from being faithless and when we believe, we have this forever friendship with you, our good heavenly father. So we thank you for this day and we celebrate with Christians around the world who believe that death could not defeat Jesus. Death could not keep him down, but he rose again. He came back and presented himself to many, including Thomas, including someone who doubted and wasn't quite there with their belief. And Jesus looked at him with great compassion and love and said, Thomas, I'm here. Believe. Believe. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you have trusted in Jesus and Easter, Resurrection Sundays, a really big day for you. Then celebrate well. That's okay. Take time now and just lift up thoughts of gratitude. Lift up thoughts of affirmation to a loving God who sent his son to live and die and rise again for you. Just thank God with whatever words come into your mind and into your heart right now. Just lift that up because this is a great day. So give thanks. Maybe though, you've never trusted in Jesus and his saving power and perhaps it's making sense for the first time. Maybe a question has been answered a little bit or a doubt is being affirmed in who Jesus is and what he accomplished for us and it's just making sense to you and like Thomas, you're ready to move away from being faithless into belief and trust then I would just encourage you from your heart to the ears of God, tell them right now that you're trusting in the work of Jesus. Use your words, but just tell them you're trusting in Jesus. Let them know your life isn't perfect. There's sin and there's failings and all kinds of things. We all have this in common. It is the human condition. Just acknowledge that to God. He knows this to be true of us. But it's good for us to say we don't have it all together. And then just tell him you're trusting in the resurrected life of Jesus to save you and you're not seeking to add anything to that because there's not really anything we can add. It is his work and his alone. He accomplished it on our behalf. So just tell God that you're trusting in the work of Jesus to rescue you and restore you. Tell him he wants to hear that from you. And then just thank him for rescuing you. Personalize it. He did that for you. If this is a prayer that you've offered up for the very first time, 
I want to say congratulations to you. I believe this will be your greatest Easter because you have Jesus with you, a friend who will never forsake or forget about you. And you have his life now within you. And this is a beautiful thing and a glorious thing. And you will be able to celebrate with others the resurrected life of Jesus. Congratulations to you. Father, again, we're just grateful for this time and this day where we pause a little bit and think about this great event. God, your closest followers then They had a hard time with this because it just seemed like the dream is over, Jesus is gone, but you accomplished something that nobody else could. You brought Jesus back to life for us. He rose again, and when we move from faithlessness like Thomas to belief, we will have a forever friend in you, which is a beautiful thing, and so we celebrate that and we honor you, and we thank you for the work of Jesus. And we say this in his name, amen, amen. Will you stand with me?